stories from around the corner and around the country. You're listening to All the Best. Proudly supported by the Art Gallery of New South Wales. You're listening to All the Best from FBI Radio 94.5. I'm Madhura Prakash. Before we get into this week's stories, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge that I'm recording from stolen Gadigal land and pay my respect to Gadigal elders past and present and also recognise that the area where FBI Radio is situated, Redfern, has long been a place of storytelling, strength, resistance and resilience for First Nations communities. This week, we're taking you back to a special event that took place in October 2023, the Sydney Poetry Slam Championships. We've selected some of the highlight performances from the evening for your enjoyment. We're going to be kicking off this highlight reel with a performance from Sarah Locke called To My Son, a content warning that some of the poems include references to struggling with mental health, self-harm and suicidal ideation. I asked my nine-year-old son, son, when you grow, what will you be? He said, mum... When I'm older, all I want to be is free. He said, I see you work so hard. Dad goes to work for most of the day. You don't do it for the love, you do it for the pay. Yet we barely have enough. Why does it have to be this way? I'll be honest with you all, I didn't quite know what to say, but I responded, son, in the scheme of things, we're lucky. We've got a roof over our heads and three meals a day to fill our tummies, but he wouldn't give it up. He said, that ain't the point though, mummy. You're a slave to a construct. This weird invention, money. Well, gee, the boy been thinking his thoughts were very clear. He asked, how comes you can't pay off your home in less than 30 years? He said, how comes the kindest people who teach, care, and tend for soil, how comes they're so much poorer than those who finance and sell us oil? You're really not free now, Mum. I read it in a book. And if you don't believe me, you had better take a look. Quickly, he pulled out his dictionary, flicked through the pages, located the word free, pointed to the antonym, governed. He said, there, see, you live under rulers, mum. You are not at liberty. So I asked him, what is freedom then? What does it mean to you? He said, freedom's the time and space to do the things you want to do. He said, freedom means producing, mum, without asking permission. Freedom is keeping all you earn without the risk of prison. Freedom is each choice we make to do what's right or not. I reckon when we're born, freedom's the greatest gift we've got, but it gets taken from us in exchange for management which is pretty inefficient since there's still global famishment. But it's okay, Mum, he said, because I still have time. After all, do not forget that I am only nine. You asked about ambition. I'm not satisfied with this state, this governed condition, all you grown-ups tolerate. I'm going to do things differently, create a special place, somewhere without rulers. I'm going to free the human race. And if I can't do it here on Earth, then I'll head into space in a giant Lego rocket. That put a smile upon my face. Well, what could I do but have encouragement for my son? Who am I to put a dampener on the dreams of one so young? So we have built a giant spaceship. It's in the backyard just in case. When my son comes of age, we're all still living as governed slaves. Thank you. 
goodbye, managers. Goodbye, small gods of fruit juice kiosks, Inghams, Woolworths, charity op shops with work for the dull cohorts out the back, managing fallouts, saying goodbye to feeling stress or worry, saying goodbye to procrastination, saying hello to surveys and goodbye to fear, hello to taking corporate responsibility and goodbye to bodies, Hello to the new bodies of reshuffled rosters and falling pay floors and being paid in bodies and in floors and falling and in saying, why would we ever say goodbye when we can say, hi, how's it going? Hi, how's it going? Hi, to staying in bed like Lenin to end war, sleeping in stadiums to end poverty, feeling really balanced, by which I mean not feeling, which I've done too, have kissed the middle manager inside my head hard on the mouth, been grateful for break room pizza, newish milk, being asked, are you okay, every September. <laughs> Felt empathy even for just how hard it is to staff the wellness lending tables at the temple when they keep being overturned, or worse, ignored or worse, ignored in favor of self-organization or of crying out to the night shift sky, managers, managers, when will you forsake us? <laughs> or is that also something we're going to have to do ourselves, together? <laughs> My name is Andrew Cox. Is this on? Can you hear me? I love it. My name is Andrew Cox. This is going to suck. Thank you so much. I saw your movement before I knew you. Heard a hiss between the whispers. I tried to befriend you. Seems it's all I try to do. We try and be palatable, don't we? It's not palatable until it's forced down a throat. I don't know if you know what it's like to be too spicy. <laughs> it gets weird when I'm up here and I've got nothing else to lean on. I'm drawing from all of that I've known, I go back to what I know. Could I make a home when I am first made from this name stamped on a document on a passport? You've heard it, immigrant, some kids spit, huh? It's a long story. I tried to befriend the snakes. I tried to make my name with their names. I, I tried to ebb with the flows. Wanted to go where you go, where do you go? I can't see you anymore. The way the distance becomes fog. The way the smoke never clears, I uh, got this head full of ideas, uh, no one can judge me more than I judge me. Your love made me a poet, all of you, all your eyes tonight. I can't believe 
I didn't know you were faking Because now my heart's breaking A hint of jealousy coming through Maybe this wouldn't have happened if I didn't know you But my blood boils every time I see your face Because of all of your grace God, why am I jealous of you? If only I knew that you would stab me in the back. I guess our friendship had a lack of trust. This isn't what our kindy class discussed. To always be kind, keep everyone in mind when you're writing your birthday party invitations. Well, I never got mine. You can't say we were real if everything I feel you always try to steal. You aren't going to help me heal. I know you, you don't like the appeal. Now I'm bleeding out from my back because of your attack. And if I try to make our friendship work, I know you're just gonna be a jerk over there with a smirk. I knew I should have trusted my gut. Then my back wouldn't be cut. My heart wouldn't be apart. My cheeks wouldn't have been stained by tears for weeks. And I wouldn't be in a state of constant hate. I guess you weren't who you portrayed. Now I just feel betrayed. Fun fact about me, I severely lack vitamin D. No, not that kind of diet D. Don't be dirty. I mean the sun's warm rays failing to absorb into my skin's base. Many ask, how can you lack this vital trace? Are you hiding from the sun? In seventh grade, a boy told a joke. They said if lights went out, they'll lose sight of my silhouette, you see. So they wouldn't be able to find me, you see. Prophet girl chosen by the son who loved her so much, yet I was 13 when I was scrubbing my body so hard, screaming for the son's love to let go of me to unhold me. Wonder why Hollywood keeps casting the same three black girls on my screen. What's wrong with girls who look like me? I was 17 when I learned to not draw conclusions from your words of confusion. I was 19 when I learned there's no greater virtue than my existence. I am bronzed in deep mahogany. Do they call it intimidating? How jealousy spits through their teeth to never be kissed so firmly by the sun. I am the portrait of every painter in my family. I am my mother, I am my father, I am my grandmother. I am beauty with the conscious. So don't worry, you might not see me, but you'll hear me and the drumming of my ancestors before me. Madness they spew, irrational they taunt, but I have never felt more divine. Come, sing my chorus. The angels are harmonizing. I am singing to a God, to the stars, and no one. Let us drown out the voices of mundanity, off-key, and spectacular. Thank you. I've heard there's beauty in the struggle. Well, I guess beauty don't like to eat because as a starving artist, I've given up and restarted more times than I can remember. I had a college professor once say to me, you have that it factor. I kept waiting for her to put an SH in front of the IT because I couldn't see what she saw, but I smiled and said, thank you. Mama always raised me to be polite, so I guess it's no surprise that that first night I spent in jail, the desk officer said, you seem like you don't belong here. I didn't. 
And I don't always mean to bring up race, but until feelings of hate spawned by the color of my face can be replaced with love, I don't know how not to. When I was about four, this litter of puppies ran up to my back door. They yipped and yelled, and I yipped and yelled right along with them in excitement. Amidst the commotion, my dad entered the room, and he said, get those mutts away from my house. What's a mutt, I asked. And he replied, mixed breeds. So I said, in school, the black kids call me white boy, and the white kids call me nigger. So what does that make me? In those dogs, he saw flaws. Judgment preconceived, but as I looked into their eyes, I only saw love. And when he saw that, his prejudice evaporated like condensation on stars. Because, like us, each star uniquely shines bright. Whether we are black, white, yellow, or brown, our differences are indigenous. But we all still deserve to be loved. So I kept one of those pups. And from an early age, I learned how to discern between love and hate. So don't be so quick to judge me based upon my mixed culture and race. I may not fully agree that there's beauty in the struggle, but I damn sure believe there's beauty in love for all. I love poetry for the fact that we're able to hear really authentic stories and really be able to connect with people in a way that I don't think we do enough of in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, I think we all are kind of carrying around with us these preconceived notions about each other that are often... Um, that are perpetrated by the main storytellers in our lives. Um, be in the media. So exploring that idea a little bit, this first poem that I'm going to perform is about hopefully getting rid of some of those preconceived notions we might have about each other. It's called Translucent. Do any of you ever get the feeling, the feeling that you're trapped, that feeling you've been boxed up and beautifully gift wrapped? The feeling of being buried alive under the labels on your packaging. Meanwhile, what's inside is dwindling. The feeling that you're vanishing. I mean, how many labels can one person really wear before that person becomes invisible? Buried under tags, stickers, logos and slogans. How long before we lose sight of the individual? Take me, I'm married, I'm straight, I'm a woman, I'm a mother. These days I'm also dubbed a so-called person of colour. Meanwhile, I'm Anglo. Here I'm immigrant. When I tick a box, it's usually other. I'm so submerged in all these adjectives. My sense of self is feeling smothered. And I wonder, can you still see me beneath these marks with which I'm covered? I bet you think you know me because you've read my labels as you've been taught and told, but I am not some processed food item packaged up to be bought and sold. I don't carry an ingredients list or a use-by date to tell you whether I am old. So let me ask you honestly, why the need to pigeonhole? Beneath these stereotype cast stamps, these newfangled titles and politically correct brands, it's getting harder and harder for me to be who I am. And the person inside this packaging is feeling pretty cramped. And what worries me is that eventually I'll fade into the abyss, drift away in a hazy mist of identity 
politics. I'm worried that the most interesting thing about me will become my gender or sexuality or the colour of my skin. With such attention grabbing packaging, no one will care what lies within. And I'm worried I'll lose interest in all of you people because... I'm so sure that I know everything about you from the labels you have on show. And I'm worried I'll turn translucent and in turn see through everyone. That's my fear of this reducent, the labels with which humans have become overrun. So while I understand it is in our nature to want to categorize people and concepts and objects, I really think we ought to consider more deeply the potential harmful side effects. Thank you. Transmarsh. My friend tells the gig photographer that Facebook has just started flagging her nipples as female. The vocalist screaming the word vulnerable repeatedly. Their tattoos wink at mine like a private joke. Trans fans put the girl in Riot Girl. The guitarist has a string of fairy lights hanging from his backside like a tail. And if he tried to walk home alone, we would all become astrologers of dangling ass stars and make sure he got safely inside. My limbs sprout new hairs just to give the goosebumps something to latch onto. The vocalist still screaming, vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable. The band shirtless, the crowd a mirror. I want to rub the sweat of everyone I love into my skin like cocoa butter. Man standing behind me asks why I haven't taken my shirt off too. And I bite back so quick, his masculinity tears between my teeth. It looks kind of nice there, kind of pretty, kind of femme. His appetite drips onto my Doc Martens where I stomp it out like ash. Glory be to the barricade of bodies like mine. Glory be to the punk music that stopped being about male egos wearing matching hoodies and started to be about the permission that lives inside my throat. Glory be to the prayer that sounds like a growl. Glory be to the congregation of the mosh pit. If you kneel close enough to the altar of a stage, you can see it was never a holy place but a place where you were allowed to feel holy. Baptize me in a spit that screams the same manifestos. A life lived as the daughter of an immigrant in a first world country is as easy as grieving a death. I have grieved and witnessed the murder of my soul. Blood spills as I try to push life into myself again. In this life, I am an extension of my parents. I see and feel the world for them. Like a bird, I weave against skyscrapers, sun on my face, and my four sea afro feathers still against the wind, but I shouldn't grow bigger wings than I already have. I have to experience life without the actual experience because I am an extension of them and they have already gone through the trials and tribulations of life so I don't have to. 
No experience on my resume, yet I am constantly clocked on. My jobs include peacemaker, therapist, second mother, emotional outlet, teacher of a modernized mindset. They wring empathy from me and throw me away like the towel I am. Even when I am having my life live for me, I can understand this world doesn't accept them as easy as me or you. How can you unlearn defense mechanisms when it's all you've been taught your entire life? How can you unprogram and erase what is etched in your brain? It's hard, but they are trying. A life lived as an immigrant parent is as easy as grieving a death. You are constantly vilified by the heroes of the world and can rarely find solace in your own shelter. You used your own blood, sweat, and tears to leave your home, a place you've known for the future of your bloodline, while your flesh and blood continuously drag you through the mud. All you want to do is make sure your baby bird isn't stripped of her four sea feathers. Mother and father holding on too tight to their child, child losing breath with every second that passes. Love in an immigrant family is restricting, but no one teaches you how to break free and fly away. I've always been the speck of yellow in a sea of grey with my unique looks. What can I say? I'm the odd one out. I'm not like other girls. I'm a black pearl in the middle of white. I'm the odd one out. I've never been the same. I dream for the world to know my name. I'm the odd one out. I understand that people want me to act cute and sweet, but I just want to be me. I'm the odd one out. Even for some cold, hard cash, I wouldn't go back to when I was without dreams and a slack. Would you? Though I have a thousand scars on my left arm and my right, I never think of being left behind. I hope people will find out things about me so I can just live freely. Does this make me the odd one out? In the future, when people look in the mirror, I hope they see themselves clearer. So I'll be unique and I'll be brave and I'll never be the same as everyone else because that's just lame. I'm not playing that game. You have your own talents and interests, so please don't copy what you see on Pinterest. Everyone will be the odd one out. Why don't you go back to where you came from? It strikes me as a valid question. Sure, maybe meant rhetorically as more of a suggestion, but when I take the time to ponder why I don't go back to where I'm from, it becomes plain. It's obvious. I don't know where I belong. I was born in London, England, and English is my only tongue, but there I was always an outsider. I knew that from very young. Too much melanin in my skin for the timid British son. But what I didn't know was from where my melanin had come. I mean, obviously, I could see most recently I'd inherited it from my mum, but beyond my mother, beyond her parents and theirs, all styled Jamaican, I am keenly aware 
yes, acutely aware that my ancestors were taken, were chained and shipped and pained and stripped and trained and whipped and forsaken, rebranded, renamed and made property, my African culturally reshapen. Those are the facts of history. His story, as told by that famed he, means my story is forever misspelt, for it is mystery. I can't trace my heritage back hundreds of years. The roots have been cut from my family tree, adopting a false identity. That's my legacy of slavery. Why don't I go back to where I came from as if I chose my place, as if I'm grateful for these oppressions, grateful to have been displaced, as if I didn't lose everything when my heritage was defaced, as if I could even go back if I wanted to, as if my memories weren't systematically erased. Why don't I go back to where I came from? It strikes a blow as likely intended. But that question holds such potential, if not asked rhetorically, but instead left open-ended. I like to imagine what a world would have if people could readily summon the courage to ask such questions compassionately, if that kind of storytelling were more encouraged, not these plotless gifts and silly story reels that fill our heads up daily, but real stories of struggle and overcoming. If we shared those more, then maybe, just maybe, we could all go back to where we came from to that seed of equality's creation. Before we were so obsessed with dehumanization, before we liked to define ourselves with flags and colorization, maybe we could go back there so we can move forward. That's what I'd call innovation. Because while I may not know where I belong or what place I should call home, there is something even more important that I most assuredly know. I know that people suffer and people struggle when people are bid to fight, but people prosper and people are strengthened when people communicate and people unite. We just heard performances from Sarah Locke, Anastasia, Andrew Cox, Sabine, Danielle, E3, Maddie Godfrey, Ifoma and Sonia. The recordist was Stuart Geddes. A big thanks to the Word Travels team for making this episode possible. You can find out more about Word Travels at wordtravels.info. The All The Best editorial producer is Mel Bakewell, and Phoebe Adler-Ryan is our executive producer. Our social media producer is Isabella Lee, and our social media assistant is Seth Emmerich. Patrick McKenzie is our community coordinator, and Janae Madden is our content assistant. Shining Bird composed our theme music and Annie Hamilton designed the artwork. We're heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network and were made possible by the Art Gallery of New South Wales and the Community Broadcasting Foundation. You can find our full archive of more than 500 episodes at allthebestradio.com. I'm Madhura Prakash. Thanks for listening.